0: I would define failure as not meeting your goals and then quitting. Right. And like just not just putting it down and saying, I'm never doing that again because it hurt too bad. That's maybe a failure, but not hitting a goal and then keep trying to me is not a failure. That's just learning. And and I guess if you want to call that failure, right? I think it's definitely the best life lesson. And I've had plenty of that. But I, I don't think I've quit on things. So in that if I if I challenge you your definition of failure or your use of failure, then maybe I haven't failed. But in the conventional definition of failure, I've definitely had those, or in other words, challenging situations where you learn a lot about yourself.
1: What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Funky Brain Podcast. My name is Dennis, and this is my funky brain. And today I have Mr. Skylar Marshall on the show from Greenspoon Monitor Law Firm. Hi, Skylar. Hey everyone. How's everything going today?
0: Going okay. I'm uh, working from home obviously. Uh, a little weird with the virus going on but going well. Yes.
1: These are strange times that we're living in. We, we just did a video for work. Um, there's about 15 of us that work at Magneti and yep. our assignment was to make short little video clips of little tips and we're going to cut them all together. So we all, okay. everybody's being like what are you doing to cope or how are you staying getting through this for yourself and mine was like stay silly stay happy keep laughing yeah. and we're all in this together you know it's not a um you're not being punished it's not just you alone we're all in it right, together.
0: right.
1: yeah i love anyway, it i want to just say hey this is skylar and skylar tell us a little bit about yourself where are you what got you where you are who are you what do you do
0: yeah, thanks. Um, so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm a uh, an attorney, as you mentioned, at Greenspoon Martyr, which is a uh, about the firm. It's a nationwide firm, a full-service law firm um, based out of Florida. Uh, my work is all in Denver. And what I do there is I'm generally speaking a corporate transactional attorney. What that means is that I frequently serve as outside counsel to businesses, acting as a strategic partner from everything from inception to sale. And to unpack that a little bit, I help businesses in their inception by helping form and decide on their, their corporate structure and their equity structures. The next phase of the business past inception is typically where the money is and and their financing, which oftentimes is bringing in some sort of private funding and helping to put that together, helping them to raise the money, bring in the new equity holders, and to, as part of that process, comply with the SEC when you're selling securities. As business, a lot of my, like I said, I'm outside business counsel to a lot of businesses who are already operating. And once businesses are already operating on a day-to-day basis, they need thing anything from you know commercial contracts, all sorts of commercial contracts that, that may come up or, or website agreements, service terms and conditions, those sorts of things. And and I mentioned all the way through sale, I would say the final phase of the business oftentimes is to sell the business, not always, um, but I do a decent amount of mergers and acquisitions work, which is buying and selling businesses, both assets and the equity of businesses. So in a nutshell, that really is what I do day to day. Again, it's just being a strategic partner for businesses and business owners to hopefully be the first phone call when there's a big big moment for the business, whether it's starting up or bringing in money or a big contract or, or they're selling the business or buying another business, maybe as an acquisition. I'm the, hopefully the first phone call and we can strategize through that and get it set up and, and everyone's happy at the end of the day. So that's, that's me every day. That's in a nutshell. That's in a nutshell. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot in there, but yeah.
1: Yeah, there really, that that is a lot in there, but it's really good. It's valuable information, and the reason is is because I think a lot of people try to do all this stuff by themselves. And yeah, one thing that you hear uh, in business is they say, you know, people are trying to always save a buck, and they're like, "Well, if you think it's expensive to hire a professional, wait till you hire an amateur." Or yeah, wait, or wait until you try to do the, these things on your own, and then mistakes unravel, and when they could be and I've talked to you about this before, they could be in some cases really big, expensive mistakes.
0: Yeah, and it's unfortunate, especially I work with business owners who they're running a business, right? And this business has other owners and there's equity in this business. And oftentimes, like I work with a lot of startups and as a startup, they're on a shoestring budget and they're, they're doing it themselves. They're, they're putting together their own cap table with their, their list of their equity holders and it seems simple. They're like, Oh, it's fine. You know, Johnny owns 20% this person owns whatever. And if you set things up the wrong way, you might accidentally create a huge tax burden on one of your co-founders, which is not good. No one want, and you may not discover that for like four years later, you know, uh, because you, you, you set them up the, in a way that they wouldn't want to be set up. Right. But that, that's so common. And I had a call recently with a startup. Um, and they, they just asked me, they're like, well, We can we can go online and no offense, but we can go online and form the business. And I was like, that's true, that's fine. Like, and we can also just download all these documents and get them all in place. Like, why why should we have you do it? You know, and and I and I was like, well,
1: if I'm being honest, you know, I've done that before.
0: Absolutely, everyone who started a business probably has, and it's fine. And and I oftentimes I'll tell clients when they can do that. Like, if you're starting up a business and you're the only owner, you probably don't need to pay me a ton of money or any to set up. Because, you know, you're setting up a business and it's essentially like a sole proprietorship and you're just giving yourself authority to do whatever you want. You know, you don't need a whole bunch of legalese in there, but when you have other business partners, it might get a little more complicated and you might accidentally screw some stuff up or the problem really is you don't know what you don't know, right? right? And like that, that's what I told that guy. Like, yeah, you can go online, you can find a, a CAN operating agreement for an LLC with multiple owners and, and it's good but maybe it's missing you know a right of first refusal or maybe it's missing drag along rights or do you even know do you know what those are does the website right. agreement explain it to you what you're getting you know is you can pick up the phone and ask me and get a quick tutorial or an education on something that maybe you had no idea right. and it it could be hugely beneficial for you i think i i put a lot of my a lot of my work is really preventative or or like prescription medication right like a little bit of, a little bit of money up front uh, oftentimes reduces the headache down the road. Sure. But, but not everyone's really willing to do that, you know? That's yeah. fine.
1: Well, yeah, those best, like you said, people are starting on a, um, a shoestring budget. And sure. They don't factor in legal fees or accounting or other things that they think they can do by themselves. And, sure. and And in some cases, like you said, I think you can do a lot of that yourself up to a yep. point. I guess the real trick is recognizing what that point is when it's time to to hire a professional to make sure you're doing things the right way. Because in the end you're like, I don't want to spend the money, but you could find out that you're actually saving money.
0: Oh yeah. No, I mean one, like, let's say you're, uh, you're starting the business and you've appointed yourself president of your business and you've got a couple of co-founders. You're in a good position. They have brought in some money. Things are great. The last thing you're really thinking about is the legal stuff, right? You want to get, you want to get going, you want to start the business. Um, but if you, Put it this way: as as that president, as that you know, self-prescribed pr- president and found, co-founder of all these other people, but you're the mo- you're the person in charge. You have an obligation to the company, and you have an obligation to those other people who put money in to do the best job possible, and to rely on professionals to help you do the best job possible, and to protect their investment. Like I said before, the example of like setting up a co-founder or something wrong. Just to, I, I I kid you not, I saw this recently. Like a good friend, they set him up in a way that wasn't really the best. And that person turns out is going to have a surprise tax bill that could have been reduced if they would have counseled them differently in, in reliance on corporate counsel, you know, and it's not like the, the the other owner can't afford it. Like they're selling a big part of their business and now his co-owner from the beginning can't afford the tax bill. And, And a big part of it could have been avoided. Sure. And that, that is a, terrible i don't that's where someone comes to me and it's like a little too late it's like well there's not much we can do now like they you know they can either pay the tax bill or the the company can make a loan to them and help them out
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's really interesting these are the things like that people don't think about when it comes to business like i love business i like doing more of the activity on the day-to-day Things that you do in the business. I like. I love yeah. the marketing piece. Obviously, I do marketing, but um, just running the business. But then there are people that are meant to start businesses. There are people yeah. that are meant to run businesses, and there are people that are meant to build businesses and sell them. And then sure. there, there's all different kinds of people. And but when we say business, we don't think about the back end of like the stuff we're talking about now. So what? got you into interested in doing that? Like what got you into this field? Why weren't you a personal injury attorney or a divorce attorney or something like that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um it was pretty clear to me from day one. Once I finally decided to go to law school, I uh I, I knew I wanted to work with business owners. To put it more simply, I wanted to work with entrepreneurs. Um and and why that is is a is a complicated answer. I think a part of it is probably most of the people in my family are entrepreneurs of some sort. And maybe I was just raised appreciating entrepreneurship and that that spirit and that drive to like build something and work with others collaboratively to build something. That that's cool. You know, the drama involved and in the other other parts of law and the and the adversarial nature wasn't really for me. I I like building things with people and, and like making things happen you know, bringing in employees, making a product, whatever it is. Like if I do my job right at the end of the day, everyone's happy. Even if we're negotiating like a complicated mergers and acquisitions deal, the other side, the negotiations get heated. Still though, if we get to closing, they got something they wanted. My guys got something they wanted and everyone's happy. Right. And I like that. I like that part of it. Um, So I went into law school knowing I wanted to do that. So I, I took a whole bunch of corporate commercial type classes and I wanted to I just wanted to get into that. It's kind of funny because I, uh, in hindsight, I was a English major, a literature major. And, it, and now that I know I actually really like finance and business, I probably would have enjoyed at least a double major or switched majors to that. Not that I, I still love literature, but I don't know. It, it's funny what you learn about yourself over time, but that, that's why I got where I am. That's interesting. Yeah, and so since we are in the time that we're in right now,
1: with this unprecedented global thing happening. right? Entrepreneurs, people you work with closely, a lot of them are in a really tough spot right now. In yeah. danger of closing, in danger of losing their livelihoods, not being able to support their families, pay the bills, the mortgage, the rent, whatever. Right. So have, you, have you run across that yet? I mean, it's only been at the time of this recording right now, like 10 days, two weeks of like, well, right, this
0: is a problem. It's been about two weeks, I think. But so, so, I mean, that, that's a significant amount for some people. And it's, um, it's a stressful event. All business owners, to some extent, they're going to be impacted, if nothing else, by their employees who maybe are staying home with their kids or something. Like, even if that's the minimum impact, that's still significant. Sure. Um, but what if you're in manufacturing and distributing or you're in retail of some sort or a restaurant? Like, oh you're in a really rough spot. And now it's the beginning of April and people's rent is due and it's going to be, it's, it is stressful. We have seen it already. Um, I was talking to someone who operates multiple retail chains, um, brick and mortar stores, and they're having to shut down last week before. Although this is what I love about entrepreneurs is, I mean, the beautiful thing about our society and our system is that the, the businesses, some of the businesses are going to fail. They're not going to be able to, maybe they don't have enough cash in the bank. And like, it is what it is. Like, just like anything else, like, you know, if you have a house and you have no money in the bank and, and you lose your job, it's a tough time. And, and some, that happens to some businesses. But the cool thing about entrepreneurs who know what they're doing and know their business and, and learn how to cope is they can adapt to these hard situations. You know, like I was talking to this brick and mortar retail shop and his, his shops were going to get closed or significantly reduced. And so he, he cut cost and did like a once in a lifetime sale kind of thing. And he had the biggest month he's ever had as of last week, you know, and he was just stocking up. So you got it, you got to pivot, you got to adapt and you got to survive. And And some people are better at that than others, but, um, but regardless to your better, point,
1: yeah, nobody better to do that than, than entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, that's your job. And, and if you fail, you know, it's unfortunate and it's unfortunate maybe for your employees and, and whatnot. Maybe that's a life lesson for them. I think anyone can weather the storm. They just have to, they have to have the right strategies, you know, and they have to, sometimes you can do everything. I mean, if you were running, let's say you're running a restaurant right now, I, I've been seeing, you've been seeing it, everyone's been seeing it, the restaurants are adapting. They're trying to, they're even restaurants who never did deliveries they're embracing deliveries and curbside pickup and like that's pivoting, right? Some restaurants probably aren't doing that and I don't know what they're doing. They're just not making money, right. you know, well, so some have, are doing it better than others.
1: Forced, I think they're forced to be shut or to not yeah. have in house dining at this point. That's right. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. I, you know, I think out of this is going to come new ways of doing things forever. I mean, uh, I, I think so. At, at least for decades to come, I think that this is going to be a huge. I saw this this one email, and I forget who it was from, but the next generation. This is, they're they're seeing this now, and we're really only in the beginning of this. And, right? Yeah, are they going to be growing up as a generation of like germaphobes? <laughs> like if you think back to the Depression era babies or yeah. people. They grew up yeah. and forever. My grandfather had millions of dollars and he still kept in his basement. He had a, a shelf stocked with canned foods and pasta and he, and he would drive five miles to find a gas station that was three cents cheaper. And
0: yeah.
1: so but there's going to be uh, lasting effects of what we're going through right now. And right, uh, I think that this is my opinion and I, I haven't, I, i've been talking about this privately with friends and family but um i think that what happened and this is kind of getting off of the business topic but more of a um you know a life topic. yeah it's related but i think we got too fast too entitled and
0: i think this is like the universe slowing us all down and may i mean yeah for sure i think that's true yeah but like you said i think um it's opening everyone's eyes to how there's other ways to deal with it. I mean, this is the first time we've had, I mean, don't quote me at that, but I think this is really the first. Yeah. Yeah. In our generation in the U S like really the post technological era where we've had something like this, where people really are taking it very seriously. But the cool thing is, is you and I are having this talk virtually and we have the tech tools that they didn't have in 1918, let's say. And like, we're learning new ways to adapt because we have these tools. That's right. And I wonder what the workplace looks like after this, like employers start to realize, well, hey, we could, we could reduce our physical space and have a lot more work from home because we just did it and it worked out fine. Exactly. And, and that lowers overhead, you know, that lowers overhead. And, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how much of that happens.
1: It's true. And I think that people complain a lot and we have been for a while about a lot of different things, whether whatever's happening in your world or politics or something, but there's really no better time to be alive. I mean, what we're doing right now. You know, I think that we really need that human touch. And at some point, we'll get back to that. But in the meantime, look, I mean, we you and I have been in meetings together, we've met dozens and dozens of times. And Right now, this is. I feel it's the same thing. We're sitting in a
0: coffee shop. Yeah, right. And that, how awesome is that? It's super cool. And and uh, and my work, pretty much everyone's affected more than I am. I'm. I feel fortunate that I can keep working from home. I've had video conferences. It's been pretty seamless. That's not true for everyone. But to, to your topic, we are living in the best time because not just the fact that we can continue to do this, but like the fact that you're doing a podcast, like it's like the age of radio. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a new enlightenment in my opinion. Like every time I'm driving to work, I'm listening to podcasts on like, who knows what topics it's super cool. There's people like you out enlightening people and talking about interesting topics where, I mean, how did you get that 20 years ago? I mean, you can still read books now and you read books then, but it's a little bit of a different thing to have people. Like I I mentioned the enlightenment, right? It's like the second enlightenment because it's people talking. It's not just someone reading a book in their bedroom, right? It's, two smart people talking sharing ideas and then thousands of people listening to that. And that's just happening all the time. It's a cool thing. It really is a cool thing. And I love the, the eye contact and the smiles, you know, I think that's
1: going to get us through this is, is, um, you know, there has to be a levity about it all there. You have to say, okay, this is happening. This is serious. Yeah. In a lot of cases it is serious. And, um, but yeah, you have to find good inside of it, the silver lining. Sure. And you, you have to because if you stay in the fear, if you stay in the anxiety, yeah. or the what ifs or, or whatever, then your mind goes there. And if you stay in that too long, you're not, you're not going to be able to do anything. We just have to find a way through it. The cool thing, I think, um, for me, out of all this, the greatest thing right now, Nobody, no one, not one person's being singled out. And right. like when you walk around the neighborhood, there's people that don't normally walk around right. there. Right. They're walking. And, you know, it's kind of strange. There's a little distance, like people like, hey, how you doing? But they're like walking six feet away right. and to make sure they yeah. that distancing. And that's fine. Uh, I think that's a responsible thing to do. So it's a little strange, but I mean, people are getting out. There's not, you know, I can almost picture like driving down the highway and people being angry and giving you the finger Mm -hmm. and like, they're just so angry right now. It's just like, there's feeling of helplessness that we are all experiencing together. Yeah. And everybody's kind of accepting it. And I think because you have to, yeah. And I think it's going to really bring people together like we haven't seen in a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, I've already, I'm sure you've already seen it. it. It sort of reminds me of like 9-11, which was quite a while back. But nice. in these times of these like really traumatic times, I think people are never more humane than when we're faced with some situation, you know? And it, it reminds me of 9-11 where like everyone just seems a little nicer. Uh, there's those those corner cases of people who get a little more mean. But <laughs> I mean, just in, in my in professional life, people are signing off emails, you know, Hey, I hope you and your family are healthy and safe. Yes. Normally they would just be like, Hey, where's my stuff? I need it tomorrow. (laughs) Bye.
1: (laughs) That's so true. Yeah, it is. It is. There's, there is that levity there. Like you have to, you have to breathe, take time. Like this morning I was walking, I, I went on a long walk this morning and, I was thinking about these things that were getting me really uptight. Like this person didn't respond to me or get back to me in the time that I was hoping them that they would.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, Just a few weeks ago, it would have really, really spun me out. I, you know, I was breathing and I was walking and I was listening to this like calming music that I've been listening to. And uh, it, it, I just had this wave come over me that it's okay. Like, yeah, it's okay. It's a, he doesn't have to get back to me in thirty seconds. He is, <laughs> he is gonna get back to me. And he has since got back to me. And this was like, you know, a few hours ago. And um and I'm fine. We're all fine. Everything's right. gonna be okay. And this is just a, a period in time, you know, the tough times never last, neither do the good times. Right? Everything right. changes. The only concept is right. change, and this is ancient wisdom from Buddha twenty five hundred years ago. We're going to get through this, and right. we're going to get through it together, and it's going to change the way that we've been doing things for a really long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, maybe it'll teach, um, hopefully, a little more patience, I mean, both in the workplace and outside of. It's, it's kind so of hard impacted. to say that to somebody who's more heavily impacted. Um, I agree with you. Yeah, there are. I'm sure there's people who are very, very stressed out right now that... Yes. that have just been put out of a job and I think it'll get better for those people. Um, I think they'll, they'll hopefully get, they'll get through it like anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it is interesting in, in general to see how we as a society kind of cope and then learn from this going forward. I mean, just, just working from home. I'm just, I've never worked from home this long. I've been working from home for a week. And like I mentioned, it's been pretty seamless I, I take conference calls with clients um, like I would normally do. Um, and it turns out there's been very little interruption. I mean, other than like you mentioned, business owners are in a tough time. Maybe things are slowing down a little bit, but what, what I've found, is, which is kind of funny as a impact of people being home and cooped up, a lot of like business owner clients are catching up on their legal stuff. So like, I'm actually real busy because people are at home and they're not doing they're not doing the next thing. They're not doing the next business thing. And they may not be operating at all. So instead, they're like, oh, I have that project we've been working on the last couple of months. And all of a sudden, they want it tomorrow. Because it's yeah. like, well, what else are they going to be working on? Right? right. Well, and
1: they're not, not only are they not working on, like, their other busy stuff, but they're not sitting in traffic.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? They're not, like, taking the kids to school. I mean, they're, like, they're not doing that, the normal rap race. And right. so it, it is, it's calming everybody down and it's going to force people to restructure their lives
0: and hopefully, I hope it, I hope it impacts how people, I think I've seen people talk about work-life balance and I, I saw someone say that work-life balance is sort of a misnomer that separation from, you know, between work and, and, and life and, and that sort of implies that work isn't part of your life or even just saying that there's a balance, right? I think the goal is to just like acknowledge that work's part of your life and fit it in there somewhere. Like in the pie chart, you have work and you have life and you have family time, you have me time, whatever. Hopefully this experience helps people to better balance things. I mean, I'm not, I don't miss, I, I drive like an hour to work. I'm saving like two hours a day right now. Yeah, And I've found I've, my stress levels decrease quite a bit. I get the same amount or more work done and I'm at home more and I'm doing house chores. I'm cooking dinner and we're still connected. It's super cool. And we're still talking just like we would normally. Yeah. So maybe it opens people's eyes to other, other ways of operating. I think it's inevitable. I I absolutely do. And I think just going
1: back to what you said earlier about like, look, we're getting, look what we're getting done. And I think that it's going to force a lot of businesses to revisit their, you know, 10,000 to $50,000 a month rent payment for their office. Yeah. They have all these people working at that. They're like, Oh, well we just did all this virtually. Yeah. For for a zoom subscription, which I saw a funny meme that they, they were showing, look who's really behind the coronavirus, And it was a picture like, uh, It was like the Scooby-Doo team taking the mask off of the scary dude. And it was a picture of zoom (laughs) (laughs) because I, because it's true. It's like, we're realizing look what we could do remotely. I've had at least two meetings a day where I'm looking people in the eye. Yeah. Um, I would say probably 50% of those I may not have had, had been going through this right now. Right. So it's pretty amazing what's happening. So I I love the um, like your story of what got you into law and how you do that. Like for me, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing like my whole life. I was like, all right, I'm a skier now. I'm going to be a chef now, and then uh, right, a skier chef, and then I got into the sales stuff, and then I didn't like for years. I didn't. I, I yeah. kind of flipped back and forth on what I wanted to do, and it's so cool that you were able to identify that early on. Most people well, I pivot a lot. Sure.
0: Yeah. It's funny because I beat myself up over that, but, you know, I I guess maybe I'm more fortunate than others. Well, because I, I, so I go to college right out of high school, mostly right after high school. And, and then I took a break. I took like a three year break during undergrad because I had no idea what I was doing. Like I I was an English major and then I, I was lucky enough to be self-aware and realize I don't think I could be a teacher right? So what am I doing? Like, why even get this degree? You know, uh, it was either teacher or journalist and, and journalism's not in a good place. Um, there's just less jobs, you know? Well, I think and, it uh,
1: requires a certain personality level yeah, that you don't, yeah, totally. you have that.
0: probably not. No, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah so you I, like be I said, I was lucky, to, lucky enough to be self-aware to realize the, these things. And <laughs> I took a break and I sometimes kick myself of like, man, I wish I would have taken that three-year break. I'd be three years further along in my career, but that's insignificant. Some people, it takes a lot, they have a longer journey. So I'm lucky in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know as a kid that I wanted to be an attorney. There's no way. Oh, you didn't? No, no. Yeah. I figured the, that out during you said, college.
1: You can't, you can't beat yourself up for having those gaps. Like for me, it was like a a 15 year gap where I sure. was trying to mess up. And people listening to my podcast that listen frequently will know like my history of my past. I was a bit of a crazy guy when I was young and I know my addictions and stuff like that. And right. I you know from like 15 to 31, I wasted 15 years. So did I waste 15 years or did it build me into who I am today? Absolutely. So, you know, it's perspective. I think it's the way you look at things that shape you because I, you know, we could, you can spend a lot of time beating yourself up about those three years or that 15 years, but you can't do anything about it. It's in the past.
0: No, I totally agree. I think everyone has those periods where they're maybe down on themselves. I, I don't.
1: You're almost vital. I think you have to have those.
0: Yeah. And if you don't, you're maybe a sociopath. I don't know. <laughs>
1: well, I think, well, I think at some point you're going to. Like if, yeah. not, if you've not had those periods of time in your life, you're right. going to, you're going to like you're going to hit that. Well, in some people, I think it's the midlife crisis thing or whatever it is. It's, you're going to hit that period. Like what is all this for? What is life? what's the meaning of life? Like all that stuff. And you kind of just have to grow out of that stuff. And those things make you stronger eventually.
0: I agree. I totally agree. I I would. And like, if someone asked me, what were you doing those during those three years, I wouldn't be like, Oh, you know, I was delaying my career. I was (laughs) failing. Right. Like, not like my wife and I bought a house and I, I was getting work experience and I was, yeah. I was doing other life things, you know, that were beneficial in the long run.
1: So throughout so, those times, do you have any failures that you experienced that you think made you stronger, like, that at the time felt like the end of the world, kind of like for some people now, I think, but actually made you stronger and helped get you to where you are today?
0: I'll challenge you a little bit on that because I I would maybe wouldn't define. I would define failure as you know not meeting your goals and then quitting, right? And like just not just putting it down and saying I'm never doing that again because it hurt too bad. That's maybe a failure, but not hitting a goal and then keep trying to me is not a failure. That's just learning. And and I guess if you want to call that failure, right? I think it's definitely the best life lesson. And I've had plenty of that. Um, I, I would say. But I, I don't think I've quit on things. So in that, if I if I challenge you your definition of failure or your use of failure, then maybe I haven't failed. Um, but in the conventional definition of failure, I've definitely had those, or in other words, uh, challenging situations where you learn a lot about yourself, right? Yeah. Um, I well, would say. I mean, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, and I I have this in my book, an interesting take on failure is that the the real truth is that nobody fails at anything. Yeah. Ever. All you do is produce results. Sure. Right? So if, um, if you are try- if you're a real estate agent and you're trying to sell this house, and then you go through the process, you meet these people, they want to buy a house, they put an offer, in, and then they, it, it fails, it backs out. So d- are you a real estate failure? Right right? So no. I mean you've you learned
0: some lessons from that and you can move yeah, it into the next in order.. Year.
1: Right. So another way I've heard it, it's like, if I, if I throw you this baseball and you drop the baseball, are you a baseball failure? Right? So all you, all you're doing is producing results. And that happens uh, every time, you, you know, even like what you said, if you quit, then, then you failed. but th- then do you, or maybe you're not meant to do that. Maybe it's just time to move on to the
0: next thing. Sure. So it's up to you. What well, you- I think it depends on the person. If you, if you are resentful and it's something you really wanted to do and then you quit on yourself, you can maybe successful, you can maybe correctly call that a failure. Like you failed yourself, right? But that's, that's up to you. You know, like if it's something you really, really want to do, you can do it even if you, you fail 5, 10, 15 times, you'll, you can do it eventually. I, I believe that. Yeah, well, if you're learning- I think all the successful people have done that tons of times, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, the yeah. difference between... Um, successful people and not successful people is the successful people didn't give up.
0: Yeah. And I really do believe that. I think I've talked about that with clients. I, I think because oftentimes business people are under incredible strength, stress, and every single day they're learning something new. Like they're learning. They like, let's say you mentioned you were a chef for a while. Let's say you're a chef. Obviously you know how to cook food really well and that's what you do. But let's say you start this business and all of a sudden you have to worry about accounting and balance sheets and payroll maybe, and all this stuff that you don't know. And it's stressful. Every day is stressful, but you're learning. And if and I t- I've told clients this before. If you're not putting yourself in those positions that are uncomfortable, where you're on the verge of failure, then you, there's no way you could succeed, right? True.
1: Yeah. And I also think, and this was interesting. I learned this from another attorney actually, and he said, it was really interesting. He said some people like he was very entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. and there are people, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but there are some people that are meant, you know, it's everybody's dream, the American dream, start a business. And I'm just going to build this business and then call it good. Yeah. But there are, there's a big difference. It's actually two separate things between running your business or starting your business Mm -hmm. and running your business or there's a difference between being able to do your craft mm-hmm. and running a business. Those are two separate. Oh, yeah. things. Like you could oh, be a great lawyer, but not know how to run a business.
0: You that could, happens all the time.
1: Yeah. You could be a great dentist yeah. but not know how to run a business.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, attorneys, it, it's a weird thing in the, in a lot of the, in a lot of professional industries, not, this isn't unique to law, but to your point, it happens all the time because you, you work your way up. Let's say you're a good attorney and you, you have clients and you've proven yourself. Well, naturally, you start to become a manager of other attorneys and other people. And maybe you're running a law firm, right? But oftentimes, those attorneys, as savvy as they may be in other fields, may be terrible at managing people. That's right. Or, or managing accounting or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that happens all the time. Even like a chef. like You yeah. might be
1: a great chef, but can you? there's a difference between cooking and running a restaurant and oh, yeah. the bills and doing the accounting and the payroll and all those different things, two entirely different skills, right. Doing your skill, you know, whatever it is, building ba- making baskets or, you know, building houses, construction. You might be, you might know how to put a house together, but you know how to run a business. And
0: yeah. when I see that the two types of like success, successful entrepreneurs, I see that deal with that, they either learn a whole bunch, they do a whole lot of self-learning and they just take it all on themselves and learn it. Um, and that's possible. Um, but it's a lot, like if you're a chef and you've got to go, you've got to learn QuickBooks, you've got to learn payroll, you've got to learn insurance, legal stuff. I mean, all kinds of things. Right. And, and you can learn all that. Um, alternatively there's entrepreneurs who quickly admit that they, don't know. They, they admit their weaknesses. I don't know any of this stuff. I know how to cook food, but I don't know anything else. So I'm going to hire a CPA. I'm going to hire an attorney. I'm going to hire brokers. I'm going to hire whatever. I'm going to hire recruiters, marketing firms, and I'm going to have them do it because I can't do it. And either way, it's fine. But uh, it, it's challenging.
1: Yeah, and I also think that, um, and this goes back, I, I never completed that thought there. But what I learned from this guy was that there are some people that are meant to do that to do the to start a business to be good at your craft and build a business and then there are some people that are meant to be great employees yeah and we need those people and that's probably the majority of the people i would say the majority of the workforce is actually they're they're not meant to build and run businesses they can't handle the stressors they don't know how to manage the finances or whatever whatever the business part is but they're there are people that like that structure. They like the paycheck. They like the insurance paid for They like, they like that and they can make investments and they get their vacation time. And, and that's fine. I'm not like, that. I don't like working for people. It's not my forte, but so I'm always trying and I've, and I've paid the price for doing that. Yeah. I've had some successes. I've had massive success and I've also
0: had failure. Right. And you're right. It's not for everyone's personality. That's true. And, and it's certainly not the majority, definitely a minority of people who both want that and can handle it, yeah. you know, physically and emotionally and whatever else. Um, I mean, I talk about most of my family are entrepreneurs earlier. Um, ironically, I have yet to be an entrepreneur in any real sense, other than, I mean, as a professional, I'm sort of running my own business, but I work for other people and they've done all of that administrative work that I don't have to think about yeah um and maybe one day I'll choose to be an entrepreneur I don't know, but right now I'm pretty comfortable just being you know the best attorney I can at the firm I'm at yeah so yeah, you're you
1: still know. young enough where you're learning a lot of skills and you're gonna yeah you're gonna carry that into the next sixty years you know so sure. and that's really cool awesome man what else is on your mind? did you have other things going on in your world how is uh your Health? You are you good now? Are you taking walks? Are you trying to stay
0: busy here? I'm I'm less stressed out, and I go I get outside, you know, go for a walk or play frisbee with the dog, you know, and it's been gorgeous the last couple of days. And has, um, it, I know we're gonna have a picnic in the park tonight. Are you? Yeah, yeah,
1: a little family picnic,
0: and it's super cool. The we talked about silver linings. I'm I'm just uh, I, I'm the silver lining is that I can we can finish this call and I might stuck outside and soak up some vitamin D for a few minutes, you know, that I I probably wouldn't be doing if I was downtown. So it's it's, true. And it's it's
1: interesting. What you said too, also is the, um, that maybe like you don't mind, you're more introverted. Um, some people don't mind being isolated. So my mom is in, so she's been there for three weeks on a safari and she, when she left, this was just starting to bubble, the coronavirus. It was just starting to bubble. So there was no, she was, you know, there was definitely no way of talking her into not going. So she went and I think she's come home a day or two early because they're forcing everybody to travel out. But we've been connecting with her on WhatsApp, my sister and I. And we said, well, you know, when you get home, you're going to have to, self-quarantine for two weeks you're gonna have to isolate for two weeks and she goes no problem I'll do it for four weeks (laughs) like she loves that and there are a lot of people that are like this is great like I don't like people like people (laughs) it's hard to be around all these people sometimes so she's not gonna have a problem with that at all but then there are people that are like ready to crawl out of their skin that need to go get out and like do things all day long
0: is that you? Are you feeling a little anxious?
1: Well, no, I think I'm kind of in the middle. I can do both. I can socialize. I could be extroverted, but I can also chill. And I, yeah, I think maybe that comes from some of my life experiences and,
0: like, I. I think under- I'm the, I think I'm on the same yeah. same page with that. I heard someone say, "Some people are really freaking out that are stuck in their house," and I forget who it was. They they were talking about how, you know, you should really any you know, irrespective of any viruses, you should aim to have a house that's your sanctuary and you should enjoy being at home. It should be like your safe place. Right. Mm -hmm. So like this should just be like a stay at home vacation. I mean, a lot of people are still working or whatever, but you shouldn't be stressed because you're at home. You should hopefully just be like, Oh, I'm at home. You know, it is nice. I mean, I think that there are a lot of people that
1: are in less ideal situations for sure. And, uh, or in smaller places, smaller like like units or
0: whatever they're in and so we're fortunate enough to have some space but um, yeah if I was cooped up in my in the our town home we moved from a couple years ago I think I'd maybe have a different attitude (laughs)
1: right yeah Yeah. well that's good at least you have the awareness I mean uh, you you you're right you should be able to be comfortable in your home and um, you know if if you're not then maybe out of this will come that awareness so if this ever happens again I'll be okay there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully, I, I, I saw a commentary about millennials and how they. It's sort of contrary to millennial culture that they they. Uh, I'm part. I'm a millennial, barely, um, but that they go out for everything. Um, so this maybe is a shock for for those folks, oh, yeah. and maybe they'll they'll learn valuable lessons. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're going.
1: We all are. We're, we're yeah. all going to learn some lessons, and that's okay. It's like. You know, I want to be in that spot where I can learn. You know, always be learning. Always,
0: yeah.
1: always have that open mind. I talk about in my book, you know, the you know, how do I become successful? How do I have successful relationships? How do I get and stay healthy? HOW is I and I it's an acronym for honesty, open mindedness, and willingness. So I yeah, I need to have that open mind to see. And willing to do things differently. I need to have an open mind to see that, all right, well, things aren't going as well as they could or whatever. This is the situation, and I need to be willing to do things differently. If I want to get here but I'm stuck here, I need to be willing to do things differently so I can get there. And sure. I, I think it's a, uh, an important – That's the key to success. It is willingness. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, yeah. Yeah, because things change constantly, so I need to be able to be to to adapt to those things that are to the changing world. This is the big what better example than this? This huge change that we're all living in. So I need to embrace it and uh, find ways to get through
0: it. I think part of that is. Um, I think those are that's a good acronym. I, like part of that is perseverance or like grit, right? Um, to get there, like, and we've come full circle to not to not deem it a failure to adapt and to however you need to, to the changing circumstances and to get to where you wanted to be originally rather than just accepting it as a failure. And I would just like sum that up as grit. Right. And like, I, I think I would, I would attribute mo- most, if not all of the successes I've had to just perseverance more so than intelligence or eloquence or anything else, you know, there's be- there's way smarter people speak people out there. There's better, more, better spoken people there's wealthier people there's all that you know but you know i just just keep going and just adapting going. and trying to get there yeah yeah, yeah just
1: keep going yeah like a, another chapter that i had in the back of the book was uh, obstacles
0: so yeah.
1: there's different ways of looking at obstacles uh one is is it really an obstacle is there or is it just a bump in the road you know a lot of people think um oh i'm having a problem well, we're so used to things going our way, or at least having conveniences or or quick fixes to get there. So, if something's not going right, we like, oh, now there's a problem. But is it yeah. a problem? Is it really an obstacle or a problem, or is it just like a bump in the road that you have to just like?
0: Or is it? Or is it just a learning opportunity? Yes. Right? Yes. yes. I love listening to people like you. I, I listen to uh, videos from uh, Dwayne Johnson. Frequently because he just makes me feel like a non-motivated piece of crap, right? Like, (laughs) but he's just so, he's what, he says like all the stuff you're saying, he talks about all the time, you know?
1: Yeah. The other, the other uh, way to look at it is like it, it's, it was put there for a purpose to teach me something. Like it's time to go back to to school. Like, all right, right. this is what, you're going to go through this now and you'll figure, and you'll learn why later. Sure. Why you're going through that?
0: Yeah. The best, best we can do is hopefully just uh, meet those challenges with a smile. I, I, I wish I could say I always did that, but.
1: No, none of us. Most of <laughs> us don't. I mean, that's, that's where your grit comes in. I love that. That's, <laughs> I'm going to use that all day today the grit. Yeah. Probably moving forward. It takes grit and determination. That's the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. I won't. We Sorry, all go ahead. Have, We are all going to be met with challenges. We all have, yeah, I love, there was that one, there's this one analogy where it's like, um, it shows a kid's idea in high school of how life's going to go. All right, I'm getting out of high school and I'm going to go here, Mm. right? And it's this straight line. But what really happens is like, all right, I'm going to get out and it's going to go like this. Right. Line is going to keep going like this and then you're going to get hit and kicked in the stomach and bump. And then eventually you might end up like here. Or you could end up here or beyond, but you have to just keep going
0: and stay. I I think that, I think you're totally right. Yeah. I I won't take credit for it. I actually, when I first started using the word grit in that context, I heard a study, a psychologist did a study on um, school age kids, and she was trying to determine the source of success. This is something I feel like you'd be interested in. I, maybe I can find it for you, but she, her conclusion, if I remember correctly, was just, Oh, it wasn't just school-aged children. Sorry. It was professionals of all sorts, whether it was like car salesmen or traditional professionals or all sorts of things. And and she wasn't trying to determine who made more money and how they got there. It was just like, and, and the conclusion she came to, like, she did IQ tests. She did all kinds of testing. And the conclusion was those who had more grit. Like she's like the smartest people was not intelligence. IQ was not an indicator of success you know, not, not at all. It was just like those who did that roller coaster ride you just described and they ended up somewhere close to where they wanted to without quitting along the way. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, that that's pretty cool.
1: That is pretty cool. Skylar, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to yep. come and talk with me. I learned a lot me and I'm going use grit all day long today.
0: <laughs> Good
1: get through today and through this whole thing i think we all need to have a little grit to get through this i think there's a level of acceptance we need to find peace and uh and it's going to take a little grit and determination to like push through to the other side of this but we're going to get there and i love i I love the togetherness thing we're not alone right together we're going to get
0: through this yep never has it been more clear our humanity we're all coming together That's right. So awesome. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Tyler. And we'll do it again, I hope, sometime. And until then, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.